0: you your Bibles, and I hope you do. Open with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We are in the past few months, we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And uh, Paul sort of, um, in this book, it's got six chapters. And the first three chapters, he fills a lot with who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, and our identity in that. And then there's kind of like a separation. In the last three chapters of Ephesians and your New Testament there, Um, it's about what we are to do with who we are. Now that we know that we are in Jesus, that this is our identity, all these different things, how do we live? How do we walk? How do we think because of those truths? Essentially, how Christians uh, should think, talk, and act after meeting Jesus. This is uh, what Paul's getting into. We're going to be going over the next month or two as we finish Ephesians. Uh, Let's go ahead and start. Right here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Pick up where we left off last week. Dive right into the text. Paul says these words. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Pause there. If you take a notes in your little bulletin insert, you can write this thought down. We must put off our old selves. Put off our old selves. Kind of like Paul uses this language of uh, sort of putting off a garment and putting on the righteous robes of Jesus. We, we put off uh, our old nature and put on our new Nature put off our old selves. And Paul's what he's doing is he's calling Christians to this newness of life. Not to imitate the world around them anymore. That's who they were. That's what they used to do. That's who they used to be. But they've changed. That is not who they are anymore. And Paul shares a lot of wisdom. I was looking at passages this week about Old and new, old and new. And there are a lot. Some are in your notes. You can read those this week from Paul's 13 letters. Uh, There's quite a few passages where Paul talks about the old self versus the new self. The old self versus the new self. And here's a tremendous passage. It's just too good not to share. This is in your notes. I'm going to read it to you from Galatians chapter 5. Paul writes these words. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, what happens after that? Then, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do what is evil, Paul says, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. I think Chris had a class about dogs. What was it? Feed the dog. Feed the dog. Which dog are you feeding? The old nature or the new nature, right? The old self or the new self? Um, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're staying in their old nature, he says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. You may have heard this before. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. Picture that. We have nailed our passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. We're dead to them. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. That's Galatians chapter 5, powerful, powerful, powerful verse about old nature versus new nature. That's putting off our old self. The putting off of our old self. Because before Jesus, before Jesus, Paul writes that we had this futility of our minds. Futility. Darkened in understanding. Confused. Hopelessly confused. uh, Minds filled with darkness. We had wandered so far from the life that God gives. Just lost in our sins, in our rebellion, in these hurtful, uh, worldly things. Our hearts were hardened against him. He uses this word, he says, you're calloused. You're calloused in the ways of living. Even Christians have to fight that tendency to become calloused in the sins that try to pull us back to our old nature so much that they don't really affect us anymore. Are your hearts hardened to the things of God? Are you callous to Him? That's our old self, our old nature. When we were spiritually dead, just like Porter's baptism, spiritually dead, but we come alive, new in Christ. That's what baptism is symbolizing. We die to the old nature and we rise to the new nature. I'll share one big uh, example from you this, for you uh, this week that happened in my life. Last Monday, we received a phone call on the church uh, voicemail, messaging machine, right? It was from an unknown caller. Uh, It had their number on there, so I was able to reply to them. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure they didn't say why they were calling. They didn't say their name. But I'm guessing through our conversation that after the overturning of Roe versus Wade decision, that they had driven past Right to Life. Uh, They have a sign over here in our side yard. And I'm guessing that they had driven past that because it was a 937 number, seen our church building, and they, for some reason, decided to Google us and give us a call and leave a message on our machine. So that's a little bit of the the background of how I think this, uh, what you know, why this happened. And let's go ahead and uh, and roll that clip, Judy. Yeah, I hope your stupid girls get shot up and sh Drop dead. Uh, the only good Christian is a dead one, you Jesus Kill yourself. I hope your church gets fucking blown up. Y'all need to die. Everything last one Christian needs to fucking drop dead. Kill yourself. So I listened to that. <laughs> Could you hear that? She said, uh, the only good Christian is a dead Christian. I hope you kill yourself. I hope your church gets shot up, blown up. You need to die. And on and on. You kind of get the the picture there. Uh, She didn't know that she would be used as a sermon illustration this morning, but I think it fits it pretty well about our depraved nature, our old self. Um, Wow. That is, I was not expecting that. Usually I I get calls that say, hey, we need some help with food. Do you you have a food pantry? (laughs) This was slightly different than that. What would you do if you got that message? Would you delete it right away? Well, I was kind of interested. <laughs> and so I, I replied to this woman and uh, had a, a short little conversation with her um, via text message. And we had a little back and forth before I ended up blocking her and reporting to the sheriff. But I, I tried to, uh, as best I could, say, hey, look... Um, I don't know why you're upset. You know here, but like, here's some grace and, and truth and love, and I don't. You don't really know us, um, so I know you're you're upset at some things. I'm not sure who you're mad at, but if you really knew Jesus, like he's awesome and powerful and forgiving, and uh, I tried to talk with her that uh, she might. I asked her if she knew like. Christians in her life, uh, because not all Christians are the same. You know, sometimes people get burned by certain folks. And um, I invited her to coffee. I said, look, I'd like to, if you want, just have a conversation, a real conversation where we can look at each other and try to come to an understanding or something. And as you may have guessed, she was not overly excited and enthused by my offer. Uh, she was not interested in Jesus. She, she told me uh, and I quote, to shove Jesus up, well, well, someplace. I won't say it up here, but she told me to do that. And she uh, felt, well, let's just say that there was nothing I could do to correct the wrongs that had been done. In her mind, in her heart, she was just totally against, not just the Supreme Court decision, but against all churches, all Christians everywhere. Were a disease. Uh, we need to die. Um, she told me that if she ever got pregnant, she would gladly murder the child. I, I have a hard time understanding that hardness of heart. That, the callousness uh, that some people have and that we can have sometimes too in our old nature. They don't understand this book. They don't understand the the right. grace and the love and the forgiveness. I know they they see certain things She's or right. And I and I told her I said I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry if somebody hurts you. Um, I I'm, I don't know what you've been through, but not all Christians are the same. Um, I think you handled it beautifully. I mean, you reached out. I think I think you did a great job. I tried to show her some. Love and, and grace in uh, in the face of much confrontation and conflict, she continued to say that we were disgusting and despicable uh, that all Christians are women haters and liars and bigots and child predators and uh, that where Christianity is a disease that needs to be wiped out and that and I kind of realized after a while that that conversation wasn 't going to go anywhere, and that she um, she was just. That was her viewpoint, and nothing I was going to say could ever change, or could change her mind at this juncture, until perhaps her heart softens later. Um, she, was, she was not interested in having a conversation in you know, a civil conversation. Um, she said more things that I can't repeat up here, but I did get, I forward that message to the, the board, uh, our leaders, and I said, "You know, board meeting next." Sunday. Oh, and, and I got this message, just uh, if you're interested. And I got multiple, huh? you got to do the bleeps. No, I did not do the bleeps on that message I, for you this morning because you've never heard those words before. I, I bleeped those words. But, Dan, yeah. I have found in my life. Okay. Some people see things right and left. Black and white. No wiggle room. Well, yeah. there's right and left, there's nothing in the middle. It's one extreme or the other extreme. Sure. That's all it is. And the thing is that I have found is people who believe that way are that way about everything. Black and white. Everything is. It's, you're either either it's right or, or evil. Yeah. This yeah. way. Yeah. Or it can't exist. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in trying to. To like meet halfway or say, you know, I understand you know, why you might feel certain things or your life experience. I know it's, this world is a difficult place. Uh, can we agree to disagree? You know, that kind of thing. Um, some folks are not interested. But I did report it to the sheriff and I forwarded him the voicemail, Deputy uh, Drake. And he said they've been getting a flood of calls a flood of calls to pro-life centers and churches that have been reported about people saying that they should be blown up and shot up and things. And he said he would, they would kind of patrol this a little bit more uh, and that we could hire a deputy on Sunday mornings for security <laughs> if we were interested. Some churches do that. Yes. So whatever the reason, here's what I'm getting at. Some folks um, are, are so offended, so triggered, so quickly. This is kind of the world that we live in where we just jump. You know, the the fuse is this. If you're playing with fireworks tomorrow, make sure the fuse is not, Ronnie, this long. Okay, but toss it out there before it gets to the, you know, your hand, please. Uh, So your fingers are not, do not become independent of your hand. Independence Day. Anyway, that's not a very funny joke, but it is true sometimes, the emergency rooms. Um, They... Scream in our world about tolerance and non-judgment and then go and burn down buildings and threaten people. And uh, they say that some lives matter while they seek to hurt other lives that don't agree with them. And I was reading this this week in Ephesians and I'm like, that's depraved thinking. That's what one thing that Paul's talking about. This crude, mean, intolerant, violent, corrupt ways of thinking, not wanting to understand the other side, not even interested in hearing our uh, argument, our why, our reasons why, behind what we believe. What you just said there, Dan, made me think of something Bruce Burnside always said. Bruce Burnside, what he always say? That is stinking thinking. Stinking thinking, sure. Paul would say that too. Stinking, stinking thinking, um, corrupt, yet darkened in understanding. We've... When we, or other people, and we don't always want to point out there, because we, like Paul said, I do the things I don't want to do sometimes too. Uh, and we can wrestle with this, where we kind of cut our heart off, and harden our heart, cut, cut our mind off. Uh, I believe my, what, what do they say? Um, I've got my mind made up, don't confuse me with facts. <laughs> Jim, you want to answer them? One question you can ask the person. Oh boy, sure. I'll give where you her number. Be if their mother had had the same decision? Yeah, that doesn't it doesn't go very far. She said no, they I mean, wouldn't be here. I know. I know that. Um, well, we're also looking at differences in generations. When when we harden our hearts to things, mm. it's like we create this barrier. And all of us do this at times. Where I've got my mind made up, don't confuse me with facts. Don't try to argue logic and reason because I believe. La, 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 la. This is what I believe. And, and we can have this corrupt thinking where our hearts are hardened against the, the truth of God, the truth of the scriptures, um, the grace-filled, forgiving, life-changing, eternity-changing God. And that's worldly ways of thinking. So how about you? Are you walking in, uh, on the path that you used to walk? And your old self and your old nature, are you uh, constantly being pulled back to the, the sinful ways that you used to do? That's our old self. That's our old nature. And Paul says, we've got to give that up. The habits, the sins, the, the worldly beliefs or ways of thinking, unhelpful relationships that are toxic to us, that are corrupting our minds and our hearts. Paul says, they darken our understanding. We're futile in our ways of thinking if we believe like this old nature. So Paul has an encouragement and a challenge for us. Let's finish this, sections in Eph- this section in Ephesians. Uh, keep going, verse 20. Ephesians 4, verse 20. So what do we do after this? Here's the opposite side. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We're going to stop there today. You can fill in this last blank if you want. So we put off our old uh, self and then we put on our new transformed self. Put off the old, on with the new. Put off the, You can think about this where you change clothes in the morning, right? Put off the old, on with the new. Sort of go with that mindset for your day. Put off the old, on with the new. Our new transformed self. We live... If you go to the self-help section in the bookstore, which I always think is funny when people ask for where the self-help section is to the book employee, right? Find, sorry, can you help me find the, the self-help section? Buddy, you've got to find it yourself. That's on you, you know. But there's a big self-help section Uh, if you've ever been to a bookstore recently or just Amazon. Self-help, self-improvement, self-actualization, self-esteem, magazines, books, trends, talk shows, counseling, uh, trying to change what we do, which is admirable, and I appreciate that, but only Jesus can change who you are. We might be able to change some of the things that we do, but only Jesus can change our identity. Deep down, only Jesus can make us new at our very core. And once he changes who we are, it changes what we do. Once we know our identity, we are changed at our very core. Then that changes, Paul says, how we live our lives for righteousness and holiness uh, I want to share with you one of my favorite Greek words. This is a little nerdy, right? What's your favorite Greek word, yeah, Dan? Hey, Romans chapter twelve, verse two. Not, we're not, you don't have to turn there; it's in your notes. But Paul writes these famous words: "Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the what? Renewal of your mind. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Hopefully." Romans 12, two, Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So the Greek word, here you go. Here's your Greek word for the day. It's in your notes. It's metamorpho. Everybody repeat after me. Metamorpho. Or say it with me. One of the two. Metamorpho. Okay. That is a Greek word for transformed. And I love this word. You might guess that this is where they got the word metamorphosis from. Metamorpho. Dan went to Amazon again. Yes, I did. Metamorpho. Okay? Metamorpho. It has amazing meaning behind it. Okay? This word, metamorpho, it means to change uh, into another form, to transform or transfigure. It's also used where uh, scriptures talk about. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> can I be serious and wear this? <laughs> scriptures talk about transfiguration transfiguration metamorphic to change transform or transfigure and the kids were like oh daddy got another sermon illustration I said okay it's your toy after I use it on Sunday morning okay so here we have anybody ever seen a monarch butterfly some of the most beautiful things in the entire world monarch butterfly if I can where is it I might have it upside down. <laughs> See, I'm putting on the old, I'm putting on the new. Taking off the old, putting on the new. Metamorpho, okay? This is a visualization for you today. You've heard metamorphosis. How do I look, by the way? Probably ridiculous. <laughs> Usually, All right? Well, you look masquerade. A masquerade <laughs> party. Okay, so metamorpho, metamorphosis, Oh, there we go. Wow. Beautiful. This is not for your Instagram, Jen, by the way. Okay, metamorpho. Okay. okay. A butterfly goes from a caterpillar, right, to a butterfly. That chrysalis. Has anybody ever had butterflies at your house? Um, what I mean is, have you seen the process? We've, a we, couple... Uh, weeks ago, month ago, we ordered them in the mail. And it's so cool. You get these little tiny caterpillars in the mail. And then it's got this food in the jar, and they eat the food, and then they get bigger, like real quick. And then they got this chrysalis. And then you wait a couple days, and then they transform them into a beautiful butterfly. And then we release them. And oh, I should share the story of what happened to my brother Mark one time. I just remembered this. So they did the same thing when they're kids, my nephews, Jacob and Adam were, were kids and they released the butterflies and they're like, Yay, eh, as a kid, you know, like, oh, wow, go, be free, have a good life. And this bird just came and oh, chomped him up and they're like, no! Pilly! Oh, what happened to you? So anyway, so metamorphosis, butterfly, you can share that if you ever see Jacob or Adam or Mark. So if you were to ask a butterfly, how you doing? Do you still struggle with being a caterpillar? What do you think a butterfly would say? No. They have no struggle with being a caterpillar still. That is their old self. That is who they used to be. That is not who they are anymore. They have been transformed, metamorphosized. They have been changed into something completely brand new. Never going back. Something brand new. And so I'll take this off just for your benefit. You should wear that. Wear it to the parade. I'm going to have a superhero mask tomorrow. Joe, and you can pick yours out too, what color cape you want. Hope you come to the parade. This would be fun in the parade too. But we got to do a, a transformation, change VBS, and then I'll I'll break this out again. All right. So here's the deal. We Paul says that's who we were. We were the old nature. We were uh, in sin. We used to do those things. But then, we were changed. We were transformed. Okay? We were saved into something entirely brand new. So, this, this word that, that Paul uses, um, it means continually. So, in this Ephesians passage, it's kind of like continually, daily, perpetually, every morning when you wake up, just live in this newness of life. Okay? This putting on the new self Some of you, you know, you get baptized and you get saved and um, some days are hard because we're not perfect yet. Jesus hasn't come back yet and we have to daily do the sanctification process. We talked about I am a saint a few months ago, right? The sanctification process to be made new daily in Jesus. So what do we have? We have a new nature, okay? We... um, We head in a new direction. I wrote a few things down. We have new ways of thinking, new ways of talking, new ways of believing, new ways of acting. Are you going to remember this this week? New values, new goals, new purpose, new mission, new mindset, new thoughts, new attitudes, new heart, uh, new actions, new habits, new citizenship, new future, new eternity with Jesus we have a new hope, a new love, a new joy, a new peace that we didn't know before. New powers. Sometimes in the Bible they even got a new name from Saul to Paul or Abram to Abraham or Sarai to Sarah, right? A new name. New, 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 new. In every single conceivable way. Made new. Completely changed. Metamorphosized. New creation. New creation with life that starts today and goes on forever. We're going to sing our last song, and I hope and pray that you have that newness of life, that change, that metamorphosis. Oh, I forgot I had the headband on. That's probably pretty silly. But Ellie loves it. She's like, oh, daddy, 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 can I try it on? Okay, you get a few minutes, honey, and then I don't want it to rip before Sunday. Get Gideon, mighty destroyer, that's what his name means. He might rip it more. Because but... it's kind of... It's a one size fits all and he kind of walks on it a little bit and I could just, you know. But they get to play with this and maybe you can remember it this week too. Okay? Will you seek to daily put off your old self and put on your new to be metamorphosized, to be transformed? Put another way, uh, will you take off your grave clothes each day and put on your grace clothes? Just as you're changing clothes, try to think about that putting on the old, taking off the old, putting on the new. I'm no longer dead to my, well, I'm dead to my old self and I want to live in newness of life. I hope and pray that you have made that decision that you are dying to your old self daily. It's a daily process, continual process, and living to your new self in Jesus. If not, you can surrender your life to Jesus today and be metamorphosized into a new, beautiful creation with life that starts today and goes on forever. Would you stand and sing Praises to our Savior. your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for making us new, for giving us new life, new future, new hope, all through your Son, Jesus. There is no other way to be saved. There is no greater way to live this life with your best ways because you love us as our Heavenly Father. And you've given us so much blessing, and transformation. Help us to go this week and be Your church in the world to live the transformed life and to help transform the lives of people around us as we love and serve and give and help them know how powerful and awesome You truly are to save us through Your Son, Jesus. And in His saving, powerful name. Everybody said, Amen.